Welcome to a Democrat and a Republican walk into a bar. I am your host, Sean, Republican host, Sean Hartman, and of course, with our Democrat host, Cindy Banier, with all the technicals. Uh, we are here at Ollie's. We don't have the big crowd here today. Yeah, not a big crowd today. <laughs> a couple of folks. Just heard some people walk in, don't know what's going on, but... Uh, yeah, so we're going to get it. Let me get the live show because, like, they make us do, like, Instagram's got, like, live keys, all sorts of other stuff going on. I don't know. Makes me copy and paste this thing over here. I'm going to edit. Do, 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 do. I, like, I don't understand why Instagram has got to make it, like, so much more complicated than everybody else. <laughs> don't know why. We're just trying to be advanced and, you know. You already, if you need to change the stream, can you remove this destination, then re-add it. Oh, good. Thanks for reading that. <laughs> oh, this is going to get cut with the podcast. This is yeah. all going to get cut, so we're going to remove and then add. Oh, goodness gracious, everybody. Thanks for coming. I've been out in the sun today. Yeah, I saw you were at some sort of nature thing with the Lehigh Democrat. Well, no, I just happened to, like, throw my nature shirt on. <laughs> it wasn't, like, explicitly nature of it. I'm just, like, always repping the Environmental Caucus. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The it president of the Lee County <clears throat> Democratic Environmental Caucus. Uh, monitoring all the... Are we, are we live on Instagram? We are now? live everywhere. Okay, well, thank you. Welcome to Democrat Republican Walking Over Bar. Part two. Woo! <laughs> this is Haven't part even started here. drinking yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is the entrance that'll show up on the podcast, I'm sure. So welcome to Democrat and Republican That's Walk right. to a Bar. I am your Republican host, John Hartman. I'm your Democratic host, uh, Dr. Cindy Banier. And, and we, are, we are here at Ollie's. Ollie's. Ollie's, which you <clears throat> should definitely come and check out if you have it. Uh, great live shows, great beer. I'm drinking a tangerine something or another. I am having a mug root beer. I am go I'm going... With the sassafras today. The sassafras. Hey, funny story about that. Uh, in uh, there's a like a really popular kind of uh, sarsaparilla, the yeah. root beer uh, in Taiwan uh, called SARS. And oh, if no. you, <laughs> I was living during the the SARS outbreak, which by the way is the precursor to COVID. Yeah. It was a coronavirus. It was yeah. SARS one. So this was actually the COVID SARS virus one. Was it COVID? I thought it was no, COVID too. No, it was a coronavirus, but <clears throat> SARS. So anyway, yeah, whatever. We're like the second one, the one yeah. that we got all hit with. But I got to do that twice in my life. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing was, is because it was called SARS, Sudden Acute Respiratory Syndrome, yeah. and there was this root beer drink that yeah. was really popular. People were freaking out and thinking that they get SARS from, from SARS. SARS. Kind of like the whole corona beer be having a problem during yes. the coronavirus or anything yes. named ISIS during all of that. So always horrible when like world events affect your branding totally bummer <coughs> okay mm. so here we are at ollie's oh but we we're talking uh, so ollie's is uh had announced that they're not renewing their lease they're trying to figure out what they're going to do um in the meantime definitely support this southwest florida uh amazing venue mm -hmm. uh bring friends out they have different events during the yep. week uh might only be here through the next month yeah, so we're going to, we'll obviously be figuring out where, where we're going to next if, if we end up losing this spot, but we're going to keep going as long as we can. Um, definitely keep this show show going and then we'll figure it out from there, but hopefully we can find something. I know that there's some toxic people who want to keep this place open as is, and so we'll see if something like that works its way up and uh, we'll just, we'll just 
thankful for all these for all he's done for us so far and thankful That's for right. sean for all he's done for us so far all right good so that is what's going on with our host location here mm -hmm. um let's talk about let's jump into it so what's uh What's burning What's for bur you this week? Well, uh, well, obviously we had CPAC this week. This oh yeah, with, 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 as I like to call it, conservative Comic Con. Um, it was honestly, I, I was kind of over underwhelmed. Super fun. Yeah, it was. It was. I didn't find it to be that special compared to other other CPACs. Uh, Byron <laughs> Donalds actually opened up the uh, CPAC. He was the the opening speaker, which was mm. very. Uh, interesting. We had a lot of the basically all the VP people coming in and auditioning. Mm -hmm. uh, Trump, of course, let out his names of the six people for the VP list. Mm -hmm. I think it's really a race between Tim Scott and Christy Nome. Um, it really depends on whether or not he thinks he needs to win the women vote um, or if he looks at Tim Scott and think this guy is, you know, very servile, very submissive. He will kiss the ring and he is someone that he can groom into a future president and sort of be responsible for that. And so that's what I think he's looking at. So you don't think, you don't think Byron's up in the I top? do not think Byron, well, first off again, the 12th amendment to the constitution. Whatever, it, he has Ron DeSantis in there too. Yeah, I know he has Ron DeSantis in there too, but neither, <laughs> Ron DeSantis like, is stupid What makes as you well. think Trump is a shit what the constitution says? Of course, yeah, but that's the point. <laughs> is, is He's basically gonna have to move back up to New York like, in order to do that. No, but, here's the thing, like he can put whoever the fuck he wants on the It's fine, the and we lose Florida, 30, they lose Florida's 30 electoral votes then. <laughs> Unless uh, so he can reestablish I mean, residency in like New York or somewhere. I mean, he could. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But it is a big. It is a big deal if he wants to win. I don't think so. <laughs> I, you don't think you don't think he could just run and have somebody as as vice president, and then it just is. No, and because then they just the, go. No, he, I mean, yes, in theory, he could run with them and stay in Florida. But what will end up happening is he will not be legally be able to get the 30 electoral votes from Florida. They cannot vote for him because of the 12th Amendment. And so that's a loss of 30 very important electoral votes that will probably go to Trump. And so it would, I don't know, man. It would be like, dumb of him to choose either Byron or Ron DeSantis. I think what the, makes you think that Byron wouldn't just pack up and go i've heard that actually ron DeSantis doesn't even have a house outside of the uh, governor's mansion here so, it's so what would happen if we have like a governor that doesn't live in the state <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is an inter interesting conversation but yeah no the one that i think is is the most interesting name on the list is um tulsi gabbard is actually on the short list for running mate which i think would be an interesting choice as well um yeah with with her previous Democratic bona fides and sort of expanding the base. Yeah, Democrats know that she's a fucking traitor, though. So <laughs> no, no, it doesn't she won't, matter. It's not gonna like win Democrat, but she won't win. She's Democrat not fooling anybody. Anyone, but, uh, but it's an inter. It, it kind of it kind of plays to like the walkaway movement. We had like the walkaway person speaking at CPAC. It's not a real thing. Uh, it's somewhat not a real yeah, thing. Anyway. Well, the, not main, real thing, the main the thing, thing that Republicans that, made up. The main not thing a real that thing. I think that was the two things that really stood out to me with the CPAC was just like the black conservatives, not a real thing. No, nope, full of have, white people. Oh my god, that was the, the whole room was full of white people. They were trying to pan. They had like, you know, a couple of folks, but there was like all white people at oh. the black conservative uh, conference. It was also this past weekend, or maybe it was part of the CPAC. Uh, I didn't see that. Ruha ha. So. <laughs> That's interesting. I have not seen that, but. Um. Anyway, we, we anyway. do have black conservatives. They're not, sure. they're not non-existent. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just like not 
real, like really real. Like, no, there's... Like, Byron Donalds is our congressman. Yeah, but he's he like, beat he you. doesn't give a shit. Actually, <laughs> he's just he just uh, is like climbing his own ladder. Actually, he was on Meet the Press <laughs> this morning. Uh, Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Oh, he had some real gems on Meet the Press oh, this morning. Actually, um, let's see. He said that he supports IVS because IVF because it breeds great families. Oh, or because of the Alabama egg thing? I mm-hmm. don't even understand. Breeds, breeds great families. That's what Byron Donald said on television. That uh, That's why he supports IVF, because they breed great families. By the way, you know who most IVF recipients are? No. White. They're white. Um, They're white people. And <laughs> so the fact that Byron Donald's got in and said the word breed and IVF just like really – Ooh, made some, that's like, a weird weird real... direction to go from from like oh yeah. ivf breeds well great it was families. funny because he actually like he like choked on it too he was like oh, he's oh. like read great families and he's like shit did i just say that out loud and he oh. said it twice um but anyway that was a good one what else did he say oh he basically said that he's going to shut down the government unless there's a border deal i heard that yeah so here we go here we go all this right is, this More is frustrating this yep. is extremely frustrating because it's not good for the american people shutting down the government is not good for the american people and we should have some sort of deal negotiation the thing that i actually heard recently that i found most interesting um about a potential deal well first off here's we're, a few things one is um, from my understanding, there are appropriations bills that have gone to the Senate, at least seven appropriations bills that should at least reduce the harm of the shutdown. And those should be passed. And quite frankly, we need to stop. I like the idea of having individual appropriations instead of a large super instead budget. Of an budget. Omnibus. Yeah, instead of an omnibus, like we always I think continue that's fine. to have. So I think that is the direction we are going to need to eventually go and need to start going into. Um, outside of that, though, again, it's not a good idea to shut down the government. It doesn't help pe- uh, the American people. And we had this deal for border security. Was it great? I don't think it was perfect. I don't think it was great. And I think there was a lot of work that could have been done with it. But it worked well enough. And we were letting perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. And so we're, again, risking a shutdown. We're probably going to have it again in the middle of an election. It's going to get blamed on us. Yeah, because it, it's like the Republicans' fault and idea and desire. Mm-hmm. Just like the whole fake, like, manufactured crisis on the border. It's um, not manual, it is it's manufactured not crisis on the border. And not only is it manufactured crisis on the border, but then the solution that was put forth that was, like, a total gimme to Republicans yeah. was slammed down by, by Trump. Um, and because, yeah, yeah. because he, he didn't want to have that be a win for Biden. Yeah, it would be a win. It would be a win for Democrats. It would be a win for Biden. Because be nobody actually wants people, to solve the fake the border, crisis that you've created. No, it is not a fake. Border security is a serious national security issue. It is not a fake crisis. Um, it is a fake crisis no, because we do have security on the border. We do have border crossings. We do have people. What we don't have and what the bill did provide was additional people to yeah. process the asylum seekers because we have an Which uptick yes. in asylum seekers. Those folks right now are looking at a two-year waiting period between when they cross the border and they actually get a hearing on whether or not they're legally allowed to be here. So, like, the system is broken. The yeah, system no, is broken. We, on that for sure. we do have a bunch of people that are coming in. We do have humanitarian issues. But mm. it is not clearly a crisis because if it were, in fact, a crisis, there are people who would be willing to act. Which, well, now Joe Biden seems to be willing to act. He's willing to take executive action, which is what we've been asking. Which is what? Well, I don't know yet. We're seeing that's what he's been talking about. So we don't know for yet. But apparently he's thinking about considering. And the president cannot shut down the border. No, but that was actually in the bill. Be doing. Yeah, you really don't want that much power in one, yeah, no. one person. Anyway. We shouldn't, he definitely should not have that power. That's a very so concerning. So one thing that Byron said on Meet the Press this morning that really got my goat um, was that he, Byron Donald said that 
he's just said, oh, there's sex traffickers. There's women being sex trafficked across the border. And that's Joe Biden's fault. And let me tell you, that's completely wrong and false. It was just a way to get something that's really emotionally visceral for people yeah. and attack Joe Biden with it. Because here's actually what happens. The longer we wait on fixing the problem with the immigration system, the more that we have separated uh, children and minors at the border, the more that we have refugees staying in Mexico, the more that we have people who are in this country without proper ability to work and things like that. Those people are the most vulnerable people mm. in the world to human trafficking of yeah. all kinds, including sex trafficking. So if you really care about sex trafficking, you want to fix the border. Like yeah. You want to fix these problems because that means that these folks are no longer vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? And they're less vulnerable and they're not going to be trafficked. Uh, this yeah. concept, and it's a real big thing that I fight against because I teach about human trafficking in both my classes on American government and global studies, is that this concept that trafficking includes a border crossing it does not yeah. okay there is not a significantly large portion of the people who are being sex trafficked in this country who are physically coming across the, the, the southern border okay that is not a, a big contributing factor you can anecdotally say yes this may happen yes there are people being smuggled into the united states by coyotes which is a different form of human trafficking okay yeah. but to say that explicitly we're pulling in people to be sex workers or to be, uh, mm. you know, exploited sexually in this country is not the case. We are yeah. actually exploiting tons of people here already. Oh, sure. <laughs> like a lot there's of not the, enough America, American homegrown <laughs> right. there's a, there's sex a slaves. Ton, yeah, of American uh, sex trafficking going on. I here. don't want that to actually be clipped. That's, it's no, I mean, but it's true. I mean, like it's just. Well, you're right. No, you're, you're you're no, you're absolutely right. Well, first off, again, I didn't get a chance to watch it, so I uh, but. Um, when it comes to human trafficking in general, it's a much more complicated issue. Yeah. And again, this is why we needed we need to have this bill passed, and why this stalling for political reasons is ridiculous. Because again, okay. these are, as Byron said, actual lives that are being affected. Because yes, it might not be a significant factor, but it is a factor, and there are people who are being smuggled in. I mean, if it, you want to stop sex trafficking, yeah. start addressing the migration crisis around the world stop mm. putting and allowing people to become in vulnerable situations if you want to stop sex trafficking start addressing poverty and mm. just and, and um instability around the yeah. world as well because those are the major contributing factors to human trafficking including sex trafficking mm. those are facts yeah. Yeah. hashtag facts <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So back, back to what we we're talking about. But yeah. So anyway, CPAC was absolutely uneventful. I will just say it like that. Well, I Democrats mean. were having a field day because Jack Krabosik, who's uh, one of yes, those okay, yes. big guys, <laughs> basically said, "Hey, guess what? We're gonna like he end just, democracy." He and there was people who were cheering at CPAC he did because that for you guys. Oh, he, he did, did that, that for you. He, he did that. Okay, for you, you guys. keep unbelieving that. You keep no. like in disbelief no. as there are you, people who you, are talking about I, becoming Christian fascist, becoming Christian nationalist. Um, the entire Heritage Foundation so, Project 2025 has uh, Christian nationalist undertones to it. So as long as there are people who are, let me say, good Republicans like you who believe that it's not possible, the more likely it's going to be. So uh, I'm not, and I'm not saying it's not possible. But if you actually listen to his speech, what he was saying was he was making fun of all of the stuff that Republicans have been criticizing Democrats on in terms of the judicial system. And so he's basically using all those same examples that he's essentially calling Democrats hypocrites. But you focused on the aspect I mean, there was where he, one said, where he said, we're going to end democracy. Yes, that's what you're focusing on. That, But the point that he was trying to make through his speech 
was that, hey, look at what I'm going to do all these things that the Democrats are doing, basically saying that the Democrats are the one who are ending democracy. I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, say, mm. but okay. that was the rhetoric that he was getting at. But you focused on, which is what he wanted you to focus on. It was fate. And you took the fate, which was we all want to end democracy, which isn't. I don't think it is true. It is true. But I, I do agree with you. That, Bathe in it, yeah, baby. Bathe yeah. in it. Okay. So let's move on to South Carolina. <laughs> Project 2025 is talking about. Yeah, Project 2025, I will Ripping say, I apart read, the American institutions and read, putting a Donald Trump loyalist. I have read Project 2025 and it is very concerning. I actually agree with you on that. I think that Project 2025 and this this idea of creating this, this power-centric on the executive institutionalized um system that they're proposing in which they're centralizing everything in the power of the president is very concerning and it is very authoritarian and it is not something that should be implemented i agree with you there i think i absolutely agree with you there uh, okay but so, here's okay i got a serious question for you on this okay. okay if you believe it's concerning when was the last time there was a republican presidency that didn't follow the blueprint of the heritage foundation they mostly do, yeah, and that's what's good. that's what's even the most mostly? about it. Ronald Reagan gave the entire plan of the Heritage Foundation to his staff and told them to implement oh, that, it. Yeah. So we're going all the way back to Ronald Reagan. Every president, yeah. every Republican that's president, this is, yeah. takes what the Heritage Foundation does, and because they're a think tank of yeah. scholars, they're conservative scholars, they're policy, um, ones, yeah. they're policy people. And so they put together, this is how we're going to do this. Yeah. This is how the, we're going to achieve these goals. And they hand it over to the electorate and they say, this is what we're going to do. So and they just implement, I yeah. guess I'm just wondering, given that we're um, more than 40 years since the Republican presidency and the last time that we did not have a Republican president who did exactly what the Heritage Foundation wants, what makes you think that they're not going to implement Project 2025? They probably will, which they shouldn't, but I don't, you know, that's what it is. But again, this is why we have elections. Anyway. Oh, it sounds like you're saying people should vote for Democrats. No, that's not what I'm saying. That is new. Don't put words in my mouth. Do not put words in my mouth. Sorry, I'm, anyway. sorry. I'm just going to drip my beer oh, over my face. Anyway, so speaking of these, does not want a Republican president to follow Project 2025, even though every Republican since Reagan has followed what the Heritage Foundation says. Well, we need a pre we need a Republican president who thinks for themselves. Wow, mm -hmm. and instead we have Trump. Yes, right now Trump so is. let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, uh, so the South primaries. Carolina. <laughs> Trump was the. Um, Trump, Trump was the uh, presumptive, uh, basically the presumptive nominee. Now he's now <laughs> yeah. swept all four states, uh, the first four states, kicked kicked Nikki Haley in her own own yeah, state. God, that's embarrassing. That is very twenty How point twenty for point her. lead. They, they called like it even like Ted second. Cruz and Marco Rubio won their own states no, in twenty six. Rubio didn't. Rubio didn't. Rubio didn't. Trump Trump oh, that's right. Rubio oh, that's right. and Rubio dropped out. Right, right. That was the thing. That was what dropped him out. That's what caused him to drop out. Is Rubio. Was him losing Florida. So it turns out nobody but, likes him even here. No, so but Nikki's staying in the race to basically continue to be the, the never Trump candidate, sort of. She but she to, says that she's not a never Trump candidate. But she basically is. That's what she's saying. She she's like, I'm staying in she because there's a Trump a people appointed to the United Nations. That's 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 the fun part about it, is she basically was a Trumpy until she wasn't, but she anyway. You know why she's not gonna get out of the race? Because she thinks that Trump is gonna like has get nothing to do with philosophy. That's what everyone's got. Unlimited Coke dollars. That's why. Yeah. 
she's being funded by the Koch brothers, um, both basically because the Koch brothers who had had been, well, now there's only one of them left, but the Koch uh, industry, the, the Koch brother, the Koch legacies. Okay. But all of these, uh, various packs and stuff who put millions yeah, and billions of dollars, prosperity type people, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Work with. And, um, yeah, they've been, you know, big supporters of a lot of different libertarian and uh, Republican conservative causes. Okay. Um, they've decided that they don't want Trump to be president. That was yeah. like their thing back whenever they made that decision yeah. and so they are the biggest funders of the nikki haley campaign that's why even though she's summarily being beaten in every primary race that she's been in yeah. including in nevada where they voted for no one instead of her um she is not doesn't feel compelled to drop out of the race because, because she she's, she's got unlimited money. funds yeah she does she, yeah most people drop out when they're losing money and so she's not losing she's not money, losing money so why stop out uh, I uh, actually am going to support this third guy, Ryan Binkley. He's also running. Um, he yeah, I, he's the he's the choice if you want a Republican who is not Trump or Nikki. Uh, I really <laughs> no. I, I actually no. I don't want to talk about this real quick though, because Ryan. Uh, I found out from him when I was at the Leadership Institute. I uh, got a chance to meet Bradley, who was working on his campaign. And so he really turned me on to this guy. He's a pastor out in Texas. So very obviously an unknown candidate, very dark horse. Um, but he's running a very uh, compassionate campaign, very unifying campaign. One of the things I really liked um, that he put out there was the border security and dignity plan that he has. Because I don't, I don't agree with you that the border security is not an issue. It is. But we need to address it both as a security issue and as a humanitarian issue. Okay. And he does this in his plan. And he, the reason I'm going to vote for him, first off, Florida's um, in uh, winner-take-all state when it comes to our primary. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trump is going to win Florida. It doesn't really, my vote really doesn't matter if I don't want okay. to vote for Trump. But, and I do want an alternative to Trump. I, there's things I like about Trump. There's things I don't like about Trump. But I do want an alternative. I want something else. And Ryan represents the type of Republicans I think we should be. A Republican who's very compassionate. A Republican who's very policy-oriented. A Republican who's a someone who can bring a unifying message. And so that's why I am supporting and endorsing him. And we'll be wearing this hat from now on. For so he's life. giving an official I'm endorsement I'm giving an official endorsement. Ryan. Ryan Beakley. Binkley. It seems, it seems like a, a dark actually, horse. Actually, I was going to say, put it a little bit closer because you yeah, can't see it. You can't really it. see it's, it on the video. Dark, but but, um, but that, yeah. that is who I am supporting. Um, uh, and wait, so just so I can clarify here, he is a Republican primary contender? He is a Republican is primary. Is he on the ballot in the he state of Florida? He is on the ballot in the state of Florida still, okay. yes. Okay. Yes, he is still running. I was I thought he was dropping out after Nevada, but apparently he is still running, which I'm very excited for because he's a great candidate if you're someone like me who doesn't want Nikki but doesn't want Trump either. So finally, just a, a third candidate for you uh, there. Third and... candidate for you. God, I love your optimism sometimes. <laughs> I know. We love our dark horses here at uh, Democrat and Republican walking right. to a bar. <laughs> okay. So I do have a question. Some people have been floating to me or saying that they've heard. Do you think that Nikki Haley will put in a third party bid? No. No? Why? Why not? Um... I don't know. I don't think she, I, I, that's actually a good question. I actually have not thought of that. 
I mean, listen, like, look, okay, let's assume it. Like, I mean, Joe oh. Manchin has already declined no labels. Right? Yeah, Joe Manchin's no so, labels. Cornell West. I, I don't think no labels. I mean, people are talking but, about like her doing a total third party, and if she's got unlimited, basically Coke dollars. No, see, see, here's the thing, though. I don't. If she does it, I don't think she does it on her own. I think that I think that she could be quartered by no labels to be the top top Republican, and then they get a Democrat on the VP slot. And I think that's the probably the direction they end mm. up going, um, or I said she ends up going. I think that it, that that does create an option for her, um, yeah. and would be quite interesting because you know what she's been saying is that you have about forty percent of the Republican electorate who are like, we don't want Trump, and you do have a large amount of pe- a good portion of people who don't want either candidate. Question is, is can, will she pull? What will she do, and what effect will she have on that race? Yeah. And what does she become? Like, does she? Yeah. Obviously, she's going to have to move more to the middle to try to pull off Democrats, if they'll, if that's even possible. So, no, it'll be an interesting. <laughs> we we have zero point zero percent interest in Nikki Haley. Yeah, I'll tell I you know. that right now. Yeah. So no, I think her her only option if she wants to do a third party run will be a no labels ticket. But I think she's going to get. I think that she probably takes her. Uh, declaration that she'll support the Republican nominee seriously. So I'm I'm assuming she won it, but it would be an interesting an, an interesting wrench in the play. It would be. I, I don't think she's gonna do it. I don't. I think you know uh, my friend who was talking about it was kind of maybe thinking about it in a wishful thinking kind of way. But <laughs> I'm like I was like I don't. She's because to me she's far too establishment. I mean she's establishment. She's that's just why no. She's perfect for no labels. Worked for you know she's worked for the United Nations. She's you know. A governor, like I, I don't. I think for as much as she wants to be a spoiler of sorts right now and being this opposition to Trump, I don't think she has any desire uh, to overthrow and buck the entire Republican Party. Yeah, and she's basically at this point has has completely destroyed her legacy and reputation within the Republican Party because of her staying in the race. At least with Ron, the reason that Ron DeSantis had to drop out of the race so early at that the point when he had to is because he needed to do some reputational. Uh, rehabilitation. And the only way he could do that was to drop out. Now he's on Trump's shortlist for VP. That was like a quick turnaround from meatball Ron to now he's on the shortlist to VP. Okay. That was because he was smart. Short short road from meatball Ron to top six VP (laughs) pick. Exactly. Exactly. So he had to, he had to basically, you know, you know, do that to save us behind. Uh, and basically rehabilitate his, his his status within the party. Nikki is going to have a much harder time doing that because Hmm. of her continuing to run and essentially one preventing the RNC from declaring Trump, the presumptive nominee and moving forward with the general election and just dragging this out. And then, then then, like keeping the divides within the party. Do you think she's going to say after super Tuesday? I think if she wins at least one state, she does. She has to win at least you think one. She's got to win at least one state. I think she has to win at least one state to justify staying in the race. Hmm. She has to win something. She has to show that she has enough pull that she can pull at least one state from Donald Trump. That's the big issue. She hasn't won anything yet. She mm-hmm. hasn't even come close to winning anything no. yet. No, not even. And this is this is the problem. It's like the, how can you even when you're coming from the Coke side of things. Like you're putting all this money investing into her for what? Like, what's your return on investment? Are you, do you actually expect her to become the nominee or what's, or is it just, you're just destroying just, Trump just to destroy Trump? It's the turd in the punch bowl strategy. No, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, 
Apparently. I <laughs> you mean, just, you don't want to do anything except for to be the turd in the punch bowl and make sure no one else wants to drink it. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> I'm glad I put that imagery in your mind too. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't give a shit if Nikki Haley stays in the race or not. Actually, no, course, Democrats love this. the fact this. that Nikki Haley is in the race because she gets to say all these things and legitimize all the claims mm-hmm. that Democrats have on Trump. So Basically, we're, go Trump's Nikki. Getting a, Trump's getting attacked on two fronts. You're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, she's doing all your all your heavy lifting for you. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> you're Pope brothers. It, I'm sure you're super awesome. Yeah, let's <laughs> <laughs> get that. Let's get that clips all over. Cindy Bernier right, like, like, loves the Coke the, brothers. The proboscis, what's his name? Proboscis, you know, saying that he's gonna end yeah. democracy. Hashtag just kidding. Okay. All right. So yep. okay, good. I think we've got the primary election under wraps here. Uh any other issues top of mind? Uh not on the federal, but I think we should do, do some talking on the state legislature. Let's go to the state. Yeah. All right. So Where do you a, want to start with this few, flaming dumpster so fire? We got a few things that have been going on. The first is um, the RPOF had come up with a bunch of legislative agenda policies that Kathleen Pasadomo, the state Senate president, shot down about like half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones really relating to culture war issues. You know, I'm not really mm-hmm. I like to call myself a conscientious objector to the culture war. I'm not really a big fan of it. But um those culture war issues basically are dead on arrival in the Senate and Kathleen Pasadoma has established her independence from the party itself, which she can do since she is term limited and doesn't really have any need to get reelected. So she's like, you know what? I'm not going to do these culture war issues. That's not what we're going to focus on, which I'm okay with. Cause again, I'm not the biggest fan of these culture war issues. Um, so good on her for stopping a lot of those. I think one of them was the monuments, um, Confederate Monuments Protection Act that, that was um, sponsored by Jonathan Martin. Oh, Jonathan Martin. That yeah. one. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you. I figured you'd want to talk about that or something, but you know, <laughs> I guess. Oh yeah, I didn't. You know, it's been a long time since I thought about things that were important in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Jonathan yeah, Martin four, was the four years too late, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> of the the Confederate Monuments uh, thing and. It was basically like we got to preserve all these things and then the state would have the power to remove any um, any local municipal county level government person who supported the uh, the removal of oh, Confederate yeah, yeah. monuments. Now, here's the thing. As far as I know, it's not dead. Oh, I was. I mean, uh, he's Senator Jonathan Martin, so it was introduced. It was in the committees. Oh, uh, um, I was. I was led to understand that she she was going to kill it. But okay. I mean, it could be. I mean, I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's gotten much further out of committees, but. Mm. Okay, so we'll see where that one goes. I think, but that's one of the big bills that everyone's watching, and then the other one, which mm-hmm. I think passed both houses now and is going to the governor's desk is the social media bill that's the one thing that's passed all the way through thus far is uh the bill that made it so that 16 and under could not access social media yeah so that's an interesting bill i think Mm -hmm. it's it's um probably well first off from my understanding the bill actually does not prohibit full access what it does is it prevents people under the age of 16 from signing the contract that sets up a social media account. So their parents would essentially have to set up their own social media accounts, um, which is a little bit different in wording than what's being promoted. And I'm, 
personally in agreement with that type of style where, okay, if you're going to be on social media and you're under 16, you need your parents' permission. Obviously, I think that that needs to be clear. And I do think that needs to be law. But at the same time, these are also future voters and that we are about to piss off by saying, oh, you can't use TikTok if you're under 16 without your parents creating an account for you. So it create it does create a, a, a an electoral situation that could be interesting, but it is something that I would personally agree with. But it doesn't look like Governor DeSantis is going to be supporting it. Right, right. It does look like he will possibly veto it. Yeah, and that was interesting to me. And I don't know what grounds it was. Something along the constitutional grounds. And there stuff. some questions of constitutional grounds. He was talking about it on a parental rights aspect, though. You know, this would be something parents should be involved in. This is not the job of the government to be making laws. And so he's, he's going to weigh those options. So, but it does cool. not look like. I just don't see how you, how you monitor it, frankly. Yeah. It's like, a very difficult. Yeah. I mean, are you going to just make it so like every IP in the state of Florida has yeah. different rules than, I don't know. It, I just think, um, I, I don't care enough about social media. It's also apparently these people never heard of VPNs. That's the and I'm, part I'm of just it like, too. kids are going to. They're gonna. We're gonna. It's like I just don't know. Like, okay, yeah, we should like you know. And some of it, I heard like, oh, it's gonna stop. You know, it's if they have addictive technology or something. I just, um, which is something that you know is a serious issue that needs to be dealt with. But that's probably something that needs to be dealt with congressionally at a federal level. I mean, doesn't it like? Isn't it that affect everybody then? It does affect everyone. But but it's also I think the issue with young people is it's when they're they're brains and their cognitive functions are starting to develop and having that effect on that early on. I think that's that's where the focus on from the psycho psychological and neurological side. This but feels like it, a bunch of horse shit to me. <laughs> I know that a bunch of Democrats have come out and they like agree with it. And they're I like because here's the thing. I mean my my oldest is 14. Um it I don't like I don't know what we're talking about in terms of like we're gonna limit them. Because here's the thing like they're not on Instagram. They're not on Twitter. They're not on Facebook. Maybe they're on t- on TikTok. Yeah. Um. But they're doing totally different things. They some of them use Snapchat. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Some of them use Discord, and they or yeah. they use chat lines in YouTube. And again, I just don't see how. I don't see how you actually. It will be this. yes. It'll be a very difficult thing to and have it to matter. Like have, not only just implement it, but like have it matter. Like yeah. if you tell kids, oh my god, kids, you can't get an Instagram account. They're going to be like, who gives a shit? Because right. I don't now use they're going to yeah, it's going to be like, like the, the Barbara Streisand effect. You're going to tell you can't have this. So now we want it more. You're going to get more. No, te- no you realize you're, you're going to create more teenagers. They don't want to be anywhere that the old people are there. They have no desire. They have no desire to that's, be on these that's social the media. That's what we need to do. All the parents need to get on Snapchat and TikTok and just ruin it. Yeah, they don't. Just you ruin it with like minion memes or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. So anyway, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, that one, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I got nothing. I don't know how this is going to matter. Um, I'm actually more worried about the Confederate monuments one. And this is why not. I mean, again, like the Confederate monuments is thing that we're like arguing about. It was 20, so 2020. Yeah. But here's the thing that I'm worried about is actually the part that says that, that local officials can be removed yes. yeah. because I can very easily see that becoming a way to oust elected yes which I and the way that the the tallahassee can say oh you made a post on social media against mm. the robert e lee statue and yeah. 
and no matter when it was, but you're against it. And mm. we have a state law that says I can now remove you. Mm. Um, I, I just feel like that one's ripe for abuse. It's, it's, and it's it, kind it, of like, a, it's a Trojan horse thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's election interference, quite frankly, because you're interfering with the will of the people who they voted for. And right. as Republicans, from my understanding, we're against election interference. So let us not be in favor of election interference and removing people who we don't like um, through these type of laws, the same type of stuff. You know, we criticize Biden and the DOJ for doing all this to Trump. Let's not do the same thing. So that's my argument against it. But, but um, and in general, this really needs to be a local issue. Like it, it depends if the community wants certain statues or certain monuments there, that community need, needs to be the one who has the right. final say. Right. It is, should not be uh, superseded. It should not be uh, an issue taken by the state or the federal I government. love home rule too. Yeah, I'm a very, very big fan of home rule and local issues unless it's uh, for something that I'm really concerned about, like the food truck ordinance. Like I am very much for preempting the food truck ordinance. And I'm sorry, it's hypocritical of me, but absolutely. We'll say more about that. So the food truck ordinance was the ordinance that was passed here in Cape Coral. Okay. That was excessive regulation on our food truck businesses. Okay. So it was what created the food truck parks, which I do think is a good thing, though I think it was a big giveaway to special interests, which is an entirely different conversation. But the main aspect of the food truck ordinance that they were debating for years, um, at least at least a year, but the food trucks have to move every single day. Um, okay. Now, originally they were debating, let's not do it every day, maybe every week, every month. Uh, allow them because the goal was to make sure they were still mobile in the event of a hurricane and because they were food trucks they were supposed to be mobile but the thing is you had a lot of food trucks like cuba mex over at coralwood center that's been there for quite some time okay. we were, and they're actually our neighbors but they were stationed and just kept their place right at that gas station and had an agreement with that business okay. so a private sector agreement businesses making money you know taking care of their family, protecting small businesses, things you'd think that this council would support, but instead they passed this very excessive regulation that hurt these food trucks and small business owners. Okay. So even though I'm a big fan of home rule, there's a part of me that really wants Jonathan Martin and Mike G. Lombardo, and I've asked them to pass a law to preempt this food truck ordinance. But we don't need a preemption. We just need to get rid of these shitty city council That's true, members too. We definitely need to replace done so this many things that the yeah. people in the city of Cape Coral don't. Like, like, don't so listen. I don't think you need like a Tallahassee intervention for that. Yeah. I mean, but oh, yeah, you you're right. Your, preferably you could get your, your representatives to come in and lay into yeah. those, but okay. So we are getting close to the time, but here's the thing. What other bills in Tallahassee are kind of like raise, rising to the top for you? The other one that I keep hearing about, um, is the defamation bill that they're doing with media. Um, it's again, a, by the way, this is yeah. the same bill that and this is one you're getting, you're getting conservative media against this too. Drew Steele and Brent, our friend, and Trey Rodell, and our good friend Brendan Leslie is very much against it because he doesn't want to get sued for defamation. Our good, <laughs> our good friend, Brendan, our friend, no, but no, but I, I think there's a um, I think <laughs> it's always you know, we want to make sure that the media tells the truth, but there's a fine line between having being concerned about truthful media and violating freedom of speech and violating the accountability, the responsibility right. that media has of keeping public servants accountable. And that includes sometimes um, 
you know, making mistakes, which is what this is really all. This goes this goes to the New York. Uh, it was New York Times versus Sullivan case. It's really what it's trying to challenge. Okay. So New York Times versus Sullivan is the case that sort of sets the standard for public officials um, and defamation, where they have to prove if they're suing that you not you have actual malice and knowingly did publish something that was untrue. That was untrue. Okay. And a part of this bill is that anonymous sources are assumed as not can be assumed just out of out of the case as untrue like if you did not do your due diligence which having worked with you know I've done that story with Sean mm-hmm. Dow with six anonymous sources mm-hmm. um and that was a major story that I could have gotten sued over if this law was in effect when I made that right. story so it's it's concerning to me because anonymous sources don't necessarily mean they're untrue. It's just for whatever reason they want to protect their identity. Right. Well, because there's massive retaliation. Of course. When you're going against very when you're whistleblowing, yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Exactly. So, this is really something that that is politicians protecting their own. I was going to say, do you think it's going to pass? Because it, again, it's very similar to the bill that came up in 2023, <clears> and it was conservative media. <clears throat> Led namely by a lot of the folks here in Southwest Florida, including former congressional representative yeah. Trey Ray Dow, yeah. who's got his own uh, rep, uh, conservative talk show here. Um, they did kind of a last minute pitch and it died. So, like, why um, why is it up again? And do you think it's going to pass this time? I don't think it's going to pass this time. I think conservative media is attacking it still again. They're they're going after it again. So I think it's going to die again. Um, but I think he keeps bringing it up. Uh, I think it was Andrade, Andrew Andrade is the representative who keeps bringing it up. I think he's very passionate about this. I guess he must have been defamed at some point. Someone hurt his feelings and he's like, no more. He he's a representative out of Pensacola. So he's a state rep out of Pensacola. I guess one of the newspapers must have been mean to him and he's all butthurt about it. And it's like, you know what? So sad. Now, now no one's going to defame anyone with anonymous sources. Ha, how about that? I don't know. But look. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I shouldn't say that. He could sue me for defamation. I'm like, sue us. We have no money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sue us for the zero Go right ahead. Big you can Mouth have Media all has. the money in my bank account. Yeah. Um, all right. So, but yeah, no, that that I don't think is going to, has a chance to. So what I'm looking at, though, is, uh, you know, I've been obviously monitoring all the environmentally related bills. There's mm. some good. There's some bad. Like, there's a balloon release one. Okay, cool. The killing the bears. Thumbs up on killing yeah. bears. Um, I, uh, I love bear meat. How am I supposed to get my bear meat? No. No, you don't. Um but there's also all these it's finally other... our time chance to get revenge on yogi for all the times he stole our picnic baskets yeah that what is being seen as like the stand your ground against bears like i didn't even realize this is an issue okay um but uh i'm more concerned about some of the other bills that are very squirrely that are going through that uh, uh, a road home rule um there's a, a bunch that are uh targeting development and yeah. uh so there's ones uh that has been sponsored by Adabatana and again jonathan martin that reduces the size of the estero bay aquatic preserve and that is uh a 100 percent a giveaway to developers yeah, there um so that's a big deal um tiffany esposito is actually just got caught putting forth a bill that was sponsored and written completely by a development association, a developers association that um, streamlines. It's supposed to, it seems like it's streamlined as like 
the permitting process and actually it's putting a heck of a lot of additional regulations on municipalities and counties to process bill process permits very quickly but what it does that's really wild is that like if they don't process it in a certain amount of time it automatically gets approved oh god and so we're talking about complete destruction of the ability of local areas and locally elected officials to determine what gets built where um and if you can imagine we have big uh um, I mean, booms in the mm, state like if stuff is just getting yeah. greenlit without yeah, proper impact fees and stuff like that it's just it's so bad um and yeah esposito just got that... caught saying oh i had no i never worked with that association and then when they went back into the word document that was used to craft the bill no. it was originally written by like the executive director of that association just edit the word document how stupid are these politicians sometimes That's very fair. stupid is the Apparently, answer wow but yeah dumb. so it's kind of like okay so not only you're just handing it over to developers you're literally are letting yeah. them write the reg legislation that is crazy yeah. and and this idea no I, I i can understand like oh if they're not going fast know if there's some sort of like compensation but you don't so you don't give it to them outright you yeah. know it still needs to go through the process and still needs to go through the elected officials and the zoning and all, all of the you know there's a there's a system in place for a reason and that's to yeah. protect our community and it's to protect our our natural resources in our community so uh definitely against that i'm but um yeah, this is a few. There's like the trans erasure bill, and like there's all these other culture mm -hmm. war stuff that's like yeah, constantly which, roll. But because which again, that I got think that Kathleen Pasadena was killing. All I'm those I'm much more concerned about the ones that roll back home rule that that yeah. target local officials that consolidate power to Tallahassee because many of them are being overlooked because you know the culture war ones are really getting everybody worked on yeah. right. So a lot of this stuff is just being like slid in. Yes. And I, I think ultimately it's going to be really bad for Florida, not just the environment. It will but be like bad. It'll be bad for Florida locality, communities. It'll be bad. It will be bad for our communities. And this is the problem that I think people need to realize. I mean, even here in Cape Coral, I think about like um, a lot of the arguments that were going on with Airbnb. A reason, a lot of the reasons we can't do anything about Airbnbs here in Cape Coral is because of the preemption stuff that the state does, and the state taking on these powers, and and essentially making our cities colonies of the state yes so this is something that i agree with you is very concerning we we um you know there used to be a time when republicans were very big on what was known as the principle of subsidiary where where we have states rights and local rights and the uh -huh. government that's close to you is the yep. government that works best yep and that's how it should public be. administration we call that decentralization yeah decentralization and there's like plenty of literature around the world that shows that actually that's the most effective it is form very of governance. Effective. yeah it's very effective um so i'm a big supporter of that um unless it's not to my benefit but that's what's happening with these republicans up here that's why i'm a republican anyway <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's just it's it, i have you principles know, until a, my not... until my agenda is affected and then i will move according to my agenda and not my principles the gop <laughs> yeah but i mean it's like i you know this is not a partisan issue for me yeah. frankly it's it's a partisan tactic right now yeah because it's really being used very heavily <laughs> by uh 
the GOP Republicans in Tallahassee because they're being bought up by because they're being bought up by interest. exactly yeah. exactly and that's I think I, we can agree on that like, like yeah. let's not we, we are, sell out our country we sell are out very our state both of us in the sense that we do not believe that these special interests and no. these corporate interests should be the ones controlling our politicians yeah um, that's one of the things I've always admired about you even before we started doing this podcast that you were always big on calling out people in my own party who unfortunately take all these special interest money so I I would love to see that end because I think that mm. it's it, it doesn't serve us it doesn't serve us it doesn't. right it does not like if you you know if you have these folks and you don't even know and I think that's the whole thing with, the beard, the dark with money. Uh, yeah. Esposito getting caught essentially for lying that she had connections with it and then finding out that she's How literally cashing yeah. bills yeah. I know and it's like wait a minute we should why why are we like allowing our legislation to be out you know outsourced to special interests well it's like, also because again these people who we elect they aren't professional legislators they don't know how to write laws or make laws or do anything like that so they depend on the expertise and why do we not have expert legislators because at least in our party we don't really like experts oh, okay that's fair <laughs> but but the I'm reason just being honest, let's just be real. Okay. I'm trying to truth teller. But the reason that we don't have expert legislators is because we have term limits. Oh, yeah. Term limits mean oh, that you have yeah. to have a constant stream of brand new That's people true. coming in the office, which by the way, and I I did this whole thing with my class, by the way, my class that I teach at the university here. And we did our discussion this week was on term limits, right? Mm. And I said, listen, everybody likes the idea of term limits because everybody hates politicians and everybody hates, like they think that they suck in so many different ways. So you're, the thought process is like, if we make it like, so they only have yeah. a certain amount of time, like we can limit the damage that they do. But what ends up happening is that you lose the institutional, you lose yeah, the yeah, inst institutional this, knowledge yeah. and you shift you shift the power to the, the special interest mm -hmm. who can continuously fund green people to get to higher levels of office. And then all they do is they just hand them the legislation that they want to pass. Yep. That's why if you really want to be effective, you work for a think tank. And that's my goal. And why run and for office? <laughs> why run for office? Run for a think tank and write the policies that they pass. Shit, I mean, <laughs> what did we already established that the Heritage Foundation has run every Republican administration thinking, since, since Reagan. Going, that's why so. I'm going for my MPP, baby. <laughs> Oh Lord. Okay. All right. All right, let's let's end there. Like <laughs> um, thank you so much, Sean, uh, uh, our Republican co-host here for joining us here today. And I have been your Democratic host, Dr. Cindy Banyi. I'm, I'm your Republican host, Sean Hartman. Yes, it's been uh, great. And we will be back uh, in another couple of weeks couple here. Of weeks, yes, coming yes, up. Yes. We'll get one in, I think, before Easter. Yep, um, then we're probably going to have like some weird stuff going on between Easter and then yeah, uh, the future fate of Ollie's. We're going to be figuring out from there. But yes. yes. Uh, We'll probably take a bit of a break right after Easter while we figure that out. But we'll definitely have one more episode this month. That's right. And so just a reminder, thank you so much for joining us here. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to have you become a sponsor of Big Mouth Media. You can find all of that information on our plans and pricing page at BigMouthMediaFL.com. $4.99 a month is what it will cost to get you to subscribe to this episode. You'll get full-length videos and more coming up as Big Mouth Media grows. $19.99 a month, and you get all access to all of our shows right to your inbox, and you get the added satisfaction of helping independent media stay alive in this increasingly challenging environment mm. in Florida and the United States abroad. So thank yeah. you so much. No problem. Everyone, we'll goodbye. I don't time. know what happened He's there with saying, my words. Bye -bye -bye. <laughs>